2: This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Therapy Reflection Journal. Are you currently in therapy? Do you go to therapy and discuss so much with your therapist, leave, and sometimes forget important parts of your session? Are you a reflective person and love the idea of diving into a journal following your session to reflect on what you learned? Or are you someone that just struggles with letting out your feelings? Then you need the Therapy Reflection Journal. I designed this journal specifically for those that are currently in therapy. This journal comes with pre and post session prompts for you to write your mood before and after session, a place to take notes during your session, write down homework and reflect on your sessions following on the reflection pages. This journal does not get in the way of your session. You're able to be fully engaged as well as take notes. I used to come to therapy with just a regular journal, a journal that I used to write in every single day. I would take notes, leave my session, right in my journal, and when I would get back the following week, I would have to flip through pages to figure out where was I at when I reflected on my session. So I designed this journal to not only keep you engaged into therapy, but also for you to do the work outside of therapy to be able to get more out of it and keep everything in one place. Since I still pick up my therapy reflection journal, even being discharged from therapy. So journal, take notes, and keep track of everything all in one place. Place. Look, therapy is work already, and this journal makes everything easier by keeping it together and giving you everything you need. To purchase, go to the link in the description or go to bitly bit forward slash therapy reflection journal. Again, it's bit dot ly forward slash therapy reflection journal. Now let's get to the shop.
0: listening to an episode of the Therapy of the Christian podcast. I'm your host Robyn Renee and welcome to part three of a wonderful series we are calling Money March. I just did a whole like Michael Todd thing just there. (laughs) Uh, We are back with my girl Danielle. Hi sis. Hey. So this is part three installment of this series, y'all, and we are going to be talking about in this episode practical steps to deal with your money. So I know we've talked a lot about Danielle's story, um, the emotional part of money. I got a lot of great feedback from people about that second episode. So I really hope you have enjoyed this series thus far. We are going to be hitting you hard next week as well and possibly the week after if we Feel like we have some more things to hit because you know we could talk about money today so say Danielle.
1: hey y'all how y'all doing hey.
0: so um let's kind of just go ahead and hop in since we're going to be talking about the very practical tips today and so you all as i'm talking about practical tips these are so we talked about the emotional side of money and like i said danielle's story of paying off debt now this is how you can start this process of how to deal with your money so Danielle, as the millennial millennial money therapist, what are some basic tools that people need when dealing with their finances? So just like the basic basics.
1: Okay, the first thing that I like to tell people in the beginning is give yourself grace. And what I mean by really giving yourself grace, like give don't be don't get so upset at yourself when you start really digging into everything that you know from your dad to whatever it is that you do because a lot of times we can get overwhelmed and then we can become frustrated with ourselves so it's like yo give yourself grace and dig through it because once you become frustrated once you become overwhelmed then you're like i'm gonna throw it away and i'm not going to deal with it anymore so Mm -hmm. giving yourself grace means that you know when you dig deep into it And it starts to become overwhelming, walk away from it, but come back about 30 minutes and talk yourself through it. Like, yo, I got this. I can do this. You know, it's just money. I can figure this out. I can do this and continue to do some self, you know, some positive self affirmations because it's just like, yo, I can do this. I can do this. And if you have to continue to repeat that to yourself, do it because this is going to be how you get through it. Because I know when I first started looking at mine, I was just like, I can't, I can't. And I just kept like starting looking at it and then like going away from it, looking at it, going away from it. And so it was just like one day I just buckled down and I was like, okay, let's really look at it. And that's that's how you start. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I think like a couple of things I would recommend is like one, educating yourself. Yes, giving yourself grace but you do have to educate yourself on like basic money things. So like for sure a budget, like Yeah. that's like the autopsy. Like, okay. So how do you budget Danielle? Or how would you even say you would teach somebody how to budget?
1: Well, the way that I budget, um, that I teach people how to budget is I teach, um, the importance of the structure of a budget. Like a lot of times people, when I look at people, their own personal budget, i am be like, Hey, bring me your budget. If you have one. And so they bring it. And a lot of times the structure is wrong. It's like it's incorrect. Like you have like credit card one, credit card two, and then you have like food at the bottom, and it's like no, food needs to go at the top of your um, budget. Even if you're a Christian, tithes need to be the number one thing. So I, so I first thought of when you give me your budget, I and I see what you what you've done, and I'll be like, okay, let's let me help you structure your budget. And so if they're a Christian, I'll be like, tithes is the number one thing. Like, I am dead set on tithing because tithing is going to be the only way that this budget thing is really, really going to work for us. You know, if you're budgeting right now and you're not tithing and you don't have enough money, what's what's different than you actually trying tithing and seeing if it works? So I, I I talk about tithing and then after tithing, we start going with the um necessities as far as in um household, um the house, rent or mortgage, utility bill, um, food, and so like those key important things at the top of the budget. They go up there and then everything else, and as well as for um children. As well because parents seem to put children at the bottom like diapers or formula like they put that at the bottom and it's like no those are necessities for your children so they need to be at the top too and so that's kind of how i actually start people with structuring their budget making sure that they really and truly understand that the most important things need to go up top and then like the rest of the stuff can go at the bottom like you need food to eat so that you can go to work you need gas in your car you need the transportation Like we need those things so they should not come after paying credit card one, credit card two or whatever like that Mm -hmm.
0: I agree and I think that when it comes to creating a budget the biggest thing is the thing that I always like say I totally agree about the ties and your giving to uh, church and Definitely, you need to put, like you said, your most important things at the top and then kind of move down to what the other necessities kind of trickle off. I do, we, the way that me and my husband do our budget definitely is like in categories of things, and that's Mm -hmm. how we kind of separate stuff. So, that personal account, girl, you know, it just recently got to where now we can like spend a little bit more money. The <laughs> longest it was kind of just like the bare necessities because the extra money we had coming in was going to our debt. So I think it it really is important to know where your money is going. That's the whole point of the budget. Right. As far as like really being able to know how to do a working budget, I like I like I say with Dave Ramsey, he says give yourself about three months to like work the budget because the first month you are going to it's going to be right the first month is going to be trash just throw it right. in the trash because it's just going to be trash this okay but i recommend that's why i said educate yourself there are so many financial tools out here now that you can create budgets there's people on pinterest who literally do this for a living system is just like people who just literally love making a little spreadsheet for you and they just like printables, like budget printables, and you just go print it out and you can make a whole budget for yourself. Very simple. But the, the biggest thing is you need to know where your money is going and you need to know month to month what to allot for certain things. So like my rent may be different from Danielle's. Well, you have a whole house, so that means you may have like other um, expenses for things that might be different. But we count, every we right. We count down the toilet paper, paper towels, um, like that's a house miscellaneous budget, um, rent. Like you said, rent, car, gas, groceries. Those are like the really important things. And when it comes down to like all the personal stuff, if if my necessities are taken care of, then I have then I have space for the personal stuff.
1: Right. So look, totally agree. Everything and every dollar needs to have a name. Like I talked to, I talked over the weekend about that. They were like, do you budget every dollar? I was like, yes, every dollar has a place to go. It has an assignment yeah. Whether you know, like whatever, whatever their assignment is, that way it goes. Like if I have, if I have paid all my bills and I have money left that I see, well, then that goes to savings. If I'm. Or if not savings, that goes straight to like paying extra on my student loan, which let me really clear that up. Like anything extra after I paid everything goes straight to my student loans until that's paid off. Like every dollar has a name. I know where the money is going. And, and, And another practical tip, when you get paid, pay your bills that day. Do not keep going and be like, oh, I'm going to keep my money in the um bank because I don't want to feel like I'm broke. Like that money does not belong to you. That right. money was spent out to somebody else. So spend the money the same day if you can. I know for me personally, it's like I want the money to be gone out of my account so that it can really reflect how much I have. And usually if everything, by the time everything gets paid, um, unless it's on like auto draft and stuff like that. Like my account is floating between fifty to a hundred dollars because of the and that's just a catch all, catch all. So if it's something that I forgot that's coming through or whatever, whatever that may be. But other than that, like every dollar has a name for my checking account, it's usually fifty to a hundred dollars. And now my savings account is where my emergency fund is at. Right,
0: right. Okay, so let's talk about that because I wanna get into that a little bit and then going back to a little bit of a budget but well let me address the budget thing first i agree that every single dollar has to have an assignment because when you're looking at your account you might think like oh i got this amount of money and then you look and all these transactions have gone out of your account one app that me and my husband use that we love is the every dollar app and we pay for the um paid subscription. So I think you can pay like a hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. or maybe a little bit more than that. But what happens is this this app, we assign everything in our account. And so when it comes out of our checking account, it pops up on the app and then we can drag it to the appropriate budget place. And so what happens is if I've overspent for the month, the app will actually show me you've overspent in this allotted area. So the next month comes, like I know for a while we had, we were budgeting like $200 for groceries. Mm-hmm. After a couple months of going over a little bit on it, we were like, well, maybe we need to increase our grocery budget. And we've done it at $300 for the last, I think, five or six months. And we we haven't gone over it. And so mm-hmm. that gives us the I, the, the visual representation, because I'm very visual so is he. To actually see where that money is going and it's not just because you just don't know when you have all this money going out in different places how to, how to give it an assignment if you don't keep track right. and so we did the paper the paper um, budget for a long time like the first girl I want to say it was like the first almost year of us doing a budget we did mm-hmm. paper and what we did was we wrote out everything on a the paper and then every week we went through our checking account and wrote down every transaction subtracted out the budget it was just too much it was it was absolutely too much to do girl but what happened was the accountability helped us be able to work together Mm -hmm. to kind of then get on the same page about the money but i want to kind of flip back to what you said about the emergency fund i think that following not this is just my personal opinion that following the dave ramsey plan And the baby steps is very, very good because you do need an emergency fund. And so I recommend, like, yes, make a budget, but definitely build your emergency fund, get that $1,000 into a savings account um, because you have no idea how much peace you have knowing that if there was an emergency to occur, like, I have some money to be able to pay this. Right.
1: So, like, with the emergency fund... um... It all depends on how much you have, and I know that Dave Ramsey he suggested a thousand dollars. However, sometimes people need a little bit more. I know that when I first started going into my um my journey, my debt journey with paying off my student loans, like I needed for me personally, like that thousand dollars wasn't gonna be enough for me, okay? It <laughs> <laughs> just like yo, I I'm preparing for the long haul. I'm looking at 72000 dollars for student loan debt. And you saying I'm not supposed to keep a thousand dollars? No, Girl. for my sanity, I needed like a couple of months worth of bills in my debit in my um for my emergency fund. So that's exactly what I did. Like I had a couple of months worth of emergency fund, so it was probably about like you know like three to four thousand dollars that I put in there. And like then I was like, okay, now we can start the whole paying off the debt and stuff like that. But emergency funds, <laughs> huh?
0: Right, no, I said I was agreeing Perfect.
1: with you, guys. but the emergency fund is super duper important, you guys, because stuff is going to break down, emergencies are going to happen. The thing that the emergency fund is doing is just saying that, like, I'm prepared for an emergency. That's all it's doing. And right. it's just because, like, a lot of people, are like, oh, my battery died in my car, and it's just like, yo, we know this stuff is going to break down, so why not prepare? Like, we are a society where we're just, um. We don't try to be uh, proactive. We always just what what is it retroactive, reactive. Reactive. Yeah, like we always reactive to a whole bunch of stuff. Let's be proactive in our finances, and uh, then so that's what the emergency fund does. It says that you're proactive, and you know emergencies gonna happen.
0: Yeah, and the great thing I like that you said that is, you know, you kind of made it the way that you thought was best for you. So Mm -hmm. you knew for yourself. That a couple like a thousand dollars wasn't gonna cut it. You needed a couple months worth of bills. That's totally fine because I think even when we got married, we girl we was trying to be on top of it. Okay, mm-hmm. we used <laughs> most of our um our money that we got for gifts. So like we just did a honeymoon fund and we just paid for our credit card and then all the money we got for um for like gifts we put into a bank account and that was our emergency fund and we just kind of put all that money there we didn't spend it frivolously and i would also recommend on top of creating your emergency fund first along with your budget is define what an emergency is
1: right
0: it's not okay we're gonna go out of town i need to get real cute you know what i'm saying okay there's this cruise that is like super discounted and I know that I would never be able to go on this cruise ever again for this cheap. Let me pull that money out of my emergency fund. That's not an emergency, sis. Oh, an emergency yeah. is like something is like an emergency. So like what we've used, and I'll just give a practical, like I said, this is a very practical podcast. So what wow. we've used our emergency fund for, has been for, like I said, emergency. So my husband um, um, messed up his car, like, he got into an accident, messed up his car, he had to use some of the money for the emergency fund, um, and, like, there was another time when we paid off our cars, that was another thing we did, we paid off our cars, we ended up, and we didn't make this into, like, a fund when we, uh, were paying our cars off, we just kind of paid our cars off, and we knew we needed to give them service. And so we use the money from the emergency fund to be able to service the cars and then put that money back. And so I think that's the biggest thing is like, emergencies are going to happen. You right. need to know what you define as an emergency. Like our cars are, are like we can't, we're not going to get another car, so it's just not going to happen for a minute. And so those are the things that we, we see as an emergency. But other than that, like mm-hmm. that money, that money is like not, it's, own lot it's like do not touch this because nothing is an emergency if it's literally has nothing to do with our cars if it if something were to happen that would significantly a problem that would impact us financially and we have to do it that's an emergency
1: right right so like like i know that i have used my emergency phone one time um like my grandfather when my grandfather had passed away and i needed a plane ticket like yo I, I that's an emergency you know where you're like i gotta go let me get this plane ticket and blah blah this but like once once you get that emergency fund and you actually have to use it like you're gonna do whatever you can to hurry up and and refund it because you know you're just like you don't want to see because sometimes you you become a customer of seeing that in your bank account or wherever it's at and you're like you don't want to um allow that to go without so you i know that i usually hustle and be like yo let me get it or sometimes if i can move stuff around in my budget i will so i don't have to use the emergency fund so like if if a bill is not due i will try to wait a little bit until i can hustle or whatever and stuff like that so like it becomes once you become super duper proud because a lot of times people you like you've never had like a thousand dollars saved in a bank so like that's something that you that's a big accomplishment that's something that you're proud of so like you you really want to keep it at that because I know that when I first got my thousand dollars I was like I went and told my dad because my dad had introduced me to Dave Ramsey and I was like look I got a thousand dollars and I'm so excited and he was so proud and stuff like that so you know like when your emergency fund especially when you built it when it get low like you feel it, you yes. feel it, and so and a you, good, right, in a, good, in a good way, or whatever, and so like, it's just like, you don't want to, you're going to do whatever you need to do to get it back to where it needs to be. Right,
0: and I think too, like, another a tip that I would recommend for people, especially if you're someone that's a spender, and you have a hard time with like, if you see money available, you'll transfer it over, is put the emergency fund in a whole nother bank, Mm-hmm. because at that point you can then literally like it would take you an extra step to go get this money and in the process you're thinking like is this really an emergency yeah. or you do put it in that account so like if you have a SunTrust account for people that if SunTrust is available in some cities but put the savings account in a credit union or put it in a um put it in a whole nother bank get a debit card for and leave a debit card at home so, it really it's a savings account, so you really don't need to dip a debit card. But just saying, like, put in another, another place so that way there's another barrier and another limit to control you from overspending or right. trying to get money out to use it for something that's not an emergency. Okay, so we talked about emergency fund. We talked about a budget. Um, and there is, like, tons of budget resources, y'all. Like, if you literally Google printable budgets you will find it you go on youtube there are people that literally have youtube channels on budgeting so just go find what works for you uh, like i said the every dollar app is mine that is like our saving grace we love it um it does take a learning curve to learn how to use it but it is useful um, But if you're a paper and pen person there's um you know paper and pen principles too
1: that is me i'm a paper and pen girl still to this day I still write my budget out every month and everything like that, so now I just use my own um my own budget planner now, but I am a budget girl though
0: you have a budget planner?
1: yes, I do for those of you that <laughs> for those of you that don't well, a lot of people don't know because I really just created it um um, I really wanted to create something like I've been wanting to do this for about like two to three years now ever since I really started budgeting and like I couldn't find anything that was just like fit my needs and stuff like that and So um I kind of just started really researching it and looking into it and so um I got with a graphic designer and once I realized like yo you can you can create this you can do this and so got with a graphic designer sent over all my little screw the scratch and um, compiled the um,
0: compiled
1: the currently building generational wealth budget planner. So, like, I'm super-duper excited. Yeah. Girl. Okay. Yeah. So, I did build the um, currently building generational wealth budget planner. And it's, like, something that I'm super-duper proud about because it has – it's not just, like, your regular budget planners. It has, like, um, spiritual – it talks about um, – I have – scriptures about finances like I have a um a money vision board like and I also have something that a lot of budget planners do not have I have a space for the legacy budget monthly budget and that is for your children wow like I know that I, I can I don't know if that was before we before we hopped on here and we talked about the kids and stuff like that but yes I literally I was like Yo, I need to, because my friend was like, how are you going to make it generational? She was like, you need to do something that's going to make it generational and stuff. And I was like, boom, bit legacy monthly budget planner, because I want people to teach their children. Like, I get that so much that like, I can't budget because I got kids it's more important for you to budget that you have kids and your kids need to see it so that they can be exposed. Because if you don't expose it to them, you're just creating the generations of what your parents did for you. Yep. So that's why I put it in there. And it's like, it has a um spot for your, like the, the parents budget come first. And then right after that, it's the legacy monthly budget. And it has a spot for, you know, um them for income, and them for um, savings, and like they need to write down where they let money go to. Girl.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that that's important to to recognize because I think when you know I, we well I was like me and my husband we don't have kids yet, but just the aspect of having to add something like that to our budget. You know, it adds another layer of like, how can we get smart about our money? Because I know that there's people who, like, you know, like I talked about this with you, and I'm saying, you know, it, girl, the kids will get Facebook Marketplace clothes, okay? What you don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't take that lot of 2T uh, clothes. I'll take it, sis, okay? <laughs> uh, it's important to be able to kind of be aware that you can still. You know, give your kids the best, even if it's not like, oh, my God, what you didn't have and still be able to, they they understand the power of being able to be on a budget, the power of being able to spend, the power of being able to save, all of those things. Yeah. And so I think that that's really important to note because, you know, it brings a lot of anxiety. And I would say, you know, for some people to think about having kids and you're just kind of trying to, or you have kids currently, and you're just kind of like trying to get by. But I think it goes back to the original thing of, does your money currently have an assignment? Right. Like, I'll that until, I'm blue in the face, until, like, really, until you have a budget, you, being stressed about money is like, you gotta have your money have an assignment. And it's like, what do I need to cut? We Either I need to cut back, or I need to find ways to make more or I need to find ways to supplement my income or find different ways to monetize what I do because there's so many ways now. And I know we don't have a long time to deal with all the side hustles, but just, there's so many other ways that we can make money servicing time or exchanging things for dollars or taking like things in our house and selling it. Like that was one thing we did. Um, Back in the summertime or no, yeah, late fall last year, I sold a whole bedroom set because we had in our house and nobody comes and visits us, girl, because one, I don't let a lot of people in my house, but two, you know, my family is here, so I don't really, besides my sister, and she stays in my mom's house, so it's like nobody comes to visit us. Why well, I got this whole big bedroom set in this house. We sold it, and I used that money for, I think we paid something. I think we used it for extra money for something else. But there are so many things we buy on a regular basis that we can sell that somebody else will will
1: take. We'll we'll happily take it off our hands.
0: Right, right. Okay, so let's kind of switch gears back to the budgeting thing. So how important is accountability in your financial
1: journey? It's super duper important. And I know that um, like for couples, y'all have each other. And it's like, you know, in the beginning, y'all may go to you know, may go through a little fight or whatever. Like y'all, <laughs> I can like I can see some of my married people now, and they're just like, yo, it be it be knockout drag out fight. And they be like, I'm calling Miss Danielle, and I'm like, yo, this is not how that goes. <laughs> I'm almost like a referee, but like in the beginning, like married couples, of course, give you guys you know you're give yourself grace with trying to figure this out and like you guys will be your own accountability partner and stuff like that. And so, um, and that's like super duper important. And for you to be real with yourself, like just have a meeting with yourself and be like, I'm going to be real with myself and not lie to myself.
0: Woo girl. My God. Talk about it.
1: So, like, you know, and I had to do that to myself. Now, sometimes I be having, be having having to sit down and be like, Danielle, you're lying. You know you spent too much money in this category. Get yourself together.
0: <laughs> yes, but you are, sis. <laughs> that part about lying to yourself, because I'm going to tell you something. I thought I knew how to budget and that I was prestiged with money. Until I got married and I realized, like I told you before, that I spent, girl, what are you spending all this money on? What money do you have, sis? You ain't got never coin, okay? What are you spending all this money on? And girl, just thinking of my poor husband, Jesus, because I I really don't understand how you dealt with me. But really, let me be honest with y'all. Stop blaming everybody else for the issues that you don't want to take care of. Right. blame everybody and their mama for the reason why you're not good with money you have to really take introspection of yourself and say to yourself why do I feel the need to want to always spend where does this come from yeah you need to really like get with somebody because it's a when I tell you it was so uncomfortable for me it was almost like somebody was robbing me because yeah. it, felt so, it felt so like, I felt so violated. I felt like you don't need to know all of what I want to spend, but that accountability made me eventually come to a, like we did, like we did argue, like I'm not going to lie to you, sis. Yeah. When people didn't be like, I'm going to call Miss Danielle. Like girl, I'm going to call her too, because understand <laughs> I was real, I was real, you know, click tight. I was like, <laughs> Okay, player. You're not gonna get all up in my stuff,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but we needed to go through that because it brought us together and it made us become accountable to each other. And it made us, it forced us to work together. Those weekly meetings that we had to sit down on our finances was not fun. Mm-hmm. It was sometimes in the very beginning we ended in an argument because you want to just be in control of your stuff. You don't want to be open. And so that's my practical tips for married people. You know, one, I personally, and this is my personal feeling, but I can't, you know, tell somebody else how to do their finances. You have to find what works best for you. I say put your money together in one account, have your emergency fund in one account, and then you both separately have an allotted amount of money that comes out of your joint account every single month that you have for your personal money. My husband has his own personal account um, at another bank because he don't, don't, he's, he, he didn't like some but that I digress. And (laughs) then I have my own personal account for me. And then we spend money out of our personal account if we choose to, but sometimes we spend money out of the joint account for the allotted things we have, but everything has an assignment and we're super, super vulnerable about where we spend our money. And the things that we spend personally, like if I want to buy him a gift or something and he doesn't want and I don't want him to see it, then that comes out of my personal account that he doesn't have access to. But all of our money goes into one account. Because I need to think- hide anything from each other. But also, too, it creates a level of vulnerability and transparency where I don't have to worry about. You know him taking something from me, and me taking something from him. Because we see each other, we see everything. Everything is out in the open, and we don't have to. We don't have that back of your mind anxiety of what the other person is doing because everything is out in the open. I don't have nothing to hide. You don't have nothing to hide, and that's the way it should be when you're married. My,
1: I think that is a good idea. Um, I like what you said because, of course, a lot of times people have that um whole notion as in a woman should always keep something to the side just in case the man leave or whatever but i like what you said that you know like y'all still have y'all own individual accounts but everything goes into the you know y'all one main account and then, like whatever allowed amount y'all have going to the individuals, like I think that that is super duper important because that still allows the woman to, if you want to follow the model of, you always need to have something for yourself just in case. Like it still allows you to have that something for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's still and it gives the it gives the point of like independence for what you want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, if I'm gonna go to brunch, baby, I don't want you to know I'm going to brunch. Okay, You're right, but. But I also, and, and and this is my personal thought, you know, no shade to nobody who does this. I don't function under the mindset of, hey, I'm going to leave, kind of thing. Right. That's just me. Because I don't ever want to, I guess I never want to look at my money with my husband as a as a fear mindset. Of like, this is what could happen, so let me go ahead and prepare. But to each his own, no mm-hmm. judge, no shade, my way is law. So, you know, do whatever you feel is best for you. But at the same time, like, there's a freedom, I will say, and a peace of feeling like I'm honoring the stewardship of my finances with my husband and and the fact that we work together. Now, I know that's not the case for everybody. So, you right. know, I can't do that. But if that is not the case, if you and your husband aren't on one accord, y'all feel like finances is a really is a really big issue, then go to counseling. Seek out assistance. Get involved at your church with somebody who does finance. There's so many churches that literally have like financial counselors. There's so many people that like provide financial resources and get on one accord. Take Financial Peace University together. That was something that a lot of couples did when we took it together. Like there was two couples that took Financial Peace University together and that got them on the same page. And it's it's a rough patch. This is why why we talked about accountability being so vital in your financial process.
1: So yeah, I totally agree. The um making sure that you guys like, especially with couples, like that is the number one reason why folks divorce. Like having just period having a therapist as a um a marriage therapist period could be so helpful than what yeah. we really really and truly understand or whatever, because you need that little checkup and stuff like that. But um, having, and also if you do have like deep rooted issues, like we got to understand, let me break this down. Money right. is a tool. That's how money is. Money is a tool to help us do the things that we need. We should not have so much emotional attachment to it. Money comes, money goes. We know that. So, but we have developed this whole mindset of scarcity mindset, a poverty mindset. So once we get it, we need to keep it. But that's not what money is designed to do. Money is designed to flow. Go from here to there. Go from here to there. So, like, and we have to realize it's not ours. Like, (laughs) it's not ours. You know, it's not, it's not. It's not ours. I I, I guess I'm really continuing continue to tell myself that it's not ours. It's a go and flow type of thing. So like, but we have such a strong connection to it because of growing up or whatever, the society, the more money you have, the more status or whatever, whatever. Money is a tool. That's all it is. And it's, it's used to, you know, um, improve the the people around us, our lives you know like to be able to help that's what money does money god wants to know if he can trust you with the money that he gives you and once he can trust you to be able to help his people that is around you then he will bless you more but that's how it is it's a tool it's nothing more nothing less treat it like that
0: yeah and too like even with helping people, you have to first help yourself. You have to be able yep. to know how to steward what you already have. And I think it's rough, y'all. Like, listen, me and Danielle, not speaking from non-experience. Like, uh-huh. we have different money stories, but our money situation is different. And even speaking from a married couple, like, you both come into a marriage with two different ways of handling money. Somebody may be just the one that handle it handles handles it on their own, and that can that that can be helpful for most couples. My mom my mom handles all the money for her and my stepdad. My stepdad just like here, girl, take the money. She right. It, who is best at stewarding it? For right. us, we both wanted to be involved, so we both had to make a decision to do it. And some days I was just like, boy, if you don't go ahead and just go and do this, and he's like, no. You have to be a part of this. I'm not in this by myself. It goes back to that thing of like accountability is everything. So Mm -hmm. emergency fund, get on a budget. If you're a paper person, you're a paper person. You're an app person, use the app. Understand that it's going to take accountability. But Danielle, what would you say for the single people? Like I know that we kind of have hit on a little bit of marriage. I have talked with this agnosium, but what would you say to the single people? Some briefly talk about that as a single person and then what would be some important things you would people can do if they're single?
1: I would say for my um for my single people, like really just keeping it um keeping a track of it and like having some type of friend or um some type of friend or family member who you can trust. Like my dad for a lot was my accountability partner because he had took Dave Ramsey. And when I, when he felt like that I was heading over him and what he was doing, if he had backs, backslid in the whole process or whatever, like he referred me to um, the the coordinator at their church and was like, look, go talk to him. Like, cause in the process, um, when I was doing financial peace, And, like, I did it all backwards, y'all. So, that's why I end up having to come up – that's why I had to come up with my own stuff. But, like, in the beginning when I was following Dave so heavy, um, like, you're not supposed to buy a house when you're in Baby Step 2, right? However, I bought a house while I was in Baby Step 2. And so, like, when I was getting ready to buy the house and, like, my dad was just like, yo, I don't know – um, he was like, go and talk to the coordinator and like the coordinator, he kept me accountable. He kept me cause I was like, at the time God was telling me to use the money that I had saved for my house to pay, to pay off all my bills. And I was just like, I'm not sure if this God, even though there was. And so, um, when I called the coordinator and I talked to him and he was, he was the accountability and he was like, if God is telling you to do that, I need you to do that sister. And I did just that. And in, in essence, it ended up boosting my credit score and then it ended up getting me a better interest rate for the house. So God was working behind scenes, but I needed that person, the coordinator to tell me to do, if God telling you to do that, I need you to do it. And right. so like, it's super duper important for you to have a person that you can count, that you can count on. Like I have, I had that person. I have my dad, I have my, um, one of my friends and she's married and her husband, like, they went through a whole thing with getting their finances on board, too, or whatever. But she was also my accountability partner. And when I needed to talk to um, – I could just be real with her. Like, I'm struggling, sis, and um, stuff like that. So, like, I had multiple accountability partners, my dad, my best friend, and then the FPU coordinator that went to my dad's church that I never knew and um, until I seen him one day when I went to the church or whatever. But sometimes, like, your accountability partner it's not going to be somebody that's close to you. It can be the um, FPU coordinator or it can be somebody that's um, at your local bank or whatever. Like, it does not have to be somebody that's extremely close to you, but it has to be somebody that's invested with wanting to see you do good. And a lot of times, sometimes it's not our close friends or that's not our um. Uh, close friends, sometimes it's your social media friends or your social media supporters who are rooting for you to win and that's your accountability partner.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And I think think you have to just kind of even preface it on the single people because at one point I was single and you just say that. But like if you can get a hold of your finances now, like it makes such a difference when you get married because you're coming in like and i wouldn't even say necessarily like get a hold of your finances is not even having debt because that is something that you know if you're a millennial you're probably going to have some type of debt right able to know how to steward the current money you have coming in because i'll say like we don't make a bunch of money right but i know that's very different from having two incomes versus one so if you can get a hold on your finances early on it makes such a difference when you get married and too, like Daniel said like create your accountability circle create your squad because that yeah. matters and listen to them this is why it's important like you talked about in the first episode adding God to the equation because adding God to isn't to the equation isn't just ties y'all like mm-hmm. he's a part of the whole process asking him for wisdom asking for questions like you said Dave said not to buy a house in baby Step 2, but God's like saying, okay, here, get this house. It's still a part of your process, but you're still following God, even in right. the and so take your wise counsel seriously, but also follow the heart of God and know that it's he's not just a part of just giving ties; He's a part of the whole process in general. Yes, sir. Well, since we have hit our time, and I know we need to touch everything. So <laughs> we'll probably address this more because we have some de- some other things that we still want to talk to y'all about in the next episode. But we are going to definitely answer some questions and really much so hit more on the like kids side. Like what yeah. do we need to do for our kids? How, what are some tips and ways that we can like um, budget for our kids or show our kids how to handle money to be able to not. Have this like be a generational thing, but it can stop with us even at the start of having kids. So that's all for this week, y'all. Me and Danielle will see you next week. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. I will tag um, the apps below that I talked about, as well as Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University, will tag all below. And you will be able to also have access to Danielle's information and her amazing budget planner. Says, okay Okay. And if you're also interested in uh, her monthly membership, um, definitely take advantage of that where she offers resources to you as well. So, yeah. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye, y'all.